Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am one of your co hosts, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is the greatest long snapper in Rhode Island history, Joe DeLeon. Back on a Monday like we never left. Good afternoon, Joe. How we doing? You're muted. You are muted. You're muted. All right, now you're good to go. We were off to a hot start, man. I was I was all excited. I was going to say we've got some pretty good stuff that we're going to get to with uh, with Jimbo causing a little bit of stir, yes, some drama, yes, and then I'm excited yes. to get into it on on Tennessee with you because uh, I I feel like you and I are going to be on very different wavelengths for for where we sit on Tennessee. Why is that? I I was before I did my notes I was kind of high on Tennessee and now I'm not. I, I did some digging and I, I'm not very high on their outlook for next year. And I don't, I don't know where you stand, but I think you're higher on them than I am. Well, you don't know me. You don't know my feelings. How do you know? I'm just guessing you're the one who wanted to talk about them. So that maybe meant that you have a high expectation. You well, also like Joe Milton off. more than I do. Well, well, I think he's got more potential than some people think that he does. I mean, like, I think that, I mean, so, so I'm not like you. I, I don't wait until draft season to actually watch film. Like I watch film uh, no. of Joe Milton. All right. No, well, how no, many no. how many touchdowns did Joe Milton throw against Clemson? I'm not even looking at my notes. Wait, that's not film. Three. Okay. Well, you're definitely looking at your notes because you were looking at me and then you looked I, down. Wait, wait. Do you see Joe Milton's touchdowns? Okay, on how here? many throw, how many throw against Vanderbilt? Four. No, <laughs> no, I guess no. the three, by the way. No, but I know who Joe Milton is, and I think that a lot of people recognize we'll, we'll get into this, but I think a lot of people recognize Joe Milton's talent, but it's it's always the debate of the guys with the big arms that are the great athletes. Can they put it together? And a lot of these times it's these guys don't so wild hearing you say that. After you go on a whole tangent Saturday about Anthony, don't say, don't say his name. We're not bringing up his name anymore. Is he, is, until it's draft like time. him who shall not be named, Anthony yeah. Richardson. Okay, we, I think we've run his name into the ground with the amount of times. No, we've... you have. Okay, it's just so crazy. You bring him up every time we do a comparison. You just brought him up because yeah. it's so, it's, it's so funny to me. It's yeah. So okay. Funny. All, right. All right. But my my point with Joe Milton is that I I, I got to see it first. You know. Well, Nico Nico Iamaleva. Iamalevea. Alamayavea, okay. Close enough. Just say it again. I am Alavea, I believe. I am Alavea. Pronunciation, yeah. Okay. We're just going to call him Nico on this show. That's what I mean, everyone does, else has done. But does he start? I mean, does he go through the whole year? I mean, but I, I guess when we talk about Tennessee today is they open up spring practice. Mm-hmm. But what's a realistic goal? I, I think eight or nine wins is a realistic goal for them, okay? Like that is oh. a goal, Okay. So, in reference to you saying that they're going 10, 11, 12 wins, I don't think that they get there, nor do I think that they believe that they will get there, okay? So, I think that the expectations, we could sit at the same spot. I just don't think that they believe, meaning the fans, media, believe that he will get there. I think they had some, some luck on some of this stuff. Their schedule can be a little bit favorable. I mean, 
outside of Georgia, who contests them in the East? I, I don't even know if they're really if there's going to be much. The, much only, the toughest game that they will have, more than likely, in the East outside of Georgia, wait for it, is South Carolina. Wait, they put Bama next year. What are you talking about? Who? Whoa, wait, Bama's no, not in the, the East. East. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, Brain in the fart. East. Not. I'm not talking yes. about like Bama. I'm talking about I in the East. Who would be their toughest competition in the East? It, it's it's probably South Carolina next year. It probably okay. is. So I think that they could have two losses, okay, that being Georgia and that being Alabama. Mm -hmm. But at, at that same token, I don't know who their other crossover uh, game is. Uh, we'll we'll check that throughout. Yeah, the we're getting. I pulled up. I wrote some notes down on who they're playing next year. So I'm sure we'll we'll end up diving into that because we're gonna do a little bit of a deep dive here. All right. So we'll talk a little bit of Tennessee, as Joe mentioned. We'll talk some um some uh God, what's his name, Jimbo Fisher, uh, as well. He came out with a statement today, basically not confirming who will or won't call plays. But you don't bring in pretern. Uh, 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 you know. The guy that literally cheated on his wife and wrecked in a, on a motor, motorcycle in Arkansas, if you are not going to let uh, him call plays uh, in College Station. So we'll talk about that as well. Also, we will talk about Deion Sanders and his coaching tactics. I don't – look, Joe, the way that I feel about Deion at this point is if he poos or he takes a leak somewhere, it's going to be front-page ESPN News. Yeah, because it's it's he the offseason. to himself. By the way, he he does this to himself. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's a little bit deliberate. Uh, I think it's both sides of the coin here, here, where he he wants the attention on him. You know, he's got the cameras following him around. That. That's all deliberate. And then the other side of that, because these media outlets know that he wants the attention on him, they are then giving him all the run. Like you said, everyone is going to tune in and read articles. And follow this guy when you talk about Dion. It's just going to happen until they go. Oh, they're the only ESPN game, spring game. They're like live television, like not streaming or whatever. They're on ESPN. We'll talk about Dion, yeah, uh, and his tactics. Just for everybody that doesn't know, he made what he made his jersey. He made his players wear blank jerseys. Is that it? I mean, is that yeah? What they've got to they've got to earn their jerseys. There was the whole sock thing where he threw a guy out of a team lift for not having the right socks on, which I've been there. That's kind of normal. Uh, and then yeah, there's, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong. I mean, listen, there, uh, buddy. I, I will tell you, we had to do push ups if our shirts were untucked. I'm like, coach, I'm squatting. You know, like <laughs> I, I mean. Like, what are you talking about? So, I think that people are making too big of a deal of this. Yes, you do have to earn your jersey. I mean, you do have to you do have to earn what's on the front. Deion's, Deion's literally, literally yeah. taking over the worst program in in Power Five history. Okay, yeah. like let's let's not get that twisted. So, as long as we understand that that he's he's taking over the worst program in the Power Five. I mean. Oh, look what he's doing. Well, somebody's got to change the damn culture around there. You've been losing since 1942. I mean, crying out loud. I, yeah, I we're, we're going to get into it, but like a lot of that stuff that everyone's talking about is like, oh, look at all these weird things that he's doing. It's they're not uncommon. You know, like the, those that don't all. play college football don't understand that if you're not wearing team issued shoes on the bus when you're traveling, you're getting sent home. You're not getting on the bus. Like it I is mean, the typical. dude literally the dude literally in the in the swag championship game would not let his son play because he was late. 
His son. Yeah. It, okay, this is so, common, normal college football stuff. <laughs> well, I, and, I mean, he did it for his son, so what makes you think that you're so special? All right. right. So everybody do us a favor, though, by hitting the like and share. Share to all of those Facebook groups. If you're on Facebook, share to those SEC groups. Hell, share to the LSU ones. Share to any group that you're a part of on Facebook. Share to your own social media pages as well. Joey of Eclipse, the over the 500 subscriber mark on YouTube. Continue to subscribe. You get us to 1,000. Almost a five thousand on AYS. I made a pledge. I'll give one listener two hundred dollars if you do that. So go like and subscribe on YouTube as well, and wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. All right, all right, Joe. Let's get into some Tennessee, but not before we talk about our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. We're back in fifty-one seconds. Talk some Tennessee. I'm kind of fired up. Is there spring practice kicked off today? We'll recap it. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. We're back! No, they're not. I mean, (laughs) maybe in basketball they are, but we are back. Unlike Texas. All right, Joe. So today, Tennessee is opening up uh, spring practice. And let me just open this up because this is the first time that you and I have done a show, been on there together when we've talked about spring. Now, we've we've talked a lot of preseason. We've re, we've previewed games. We've recapped games. We've done a lot of that. Yep. One thing that you and I have not done is talk spring football. So today, I thought your year three under Tennessee – a lot of people are excited about what's going on up there in Knoxville. And I thought to myself, you know what? Hey, let's talk some Tennessee football. So I will give you the floor uh, to open up with this. If you don't know, obviously Joe Milton's returning. Nico, the the talented star, five-star freshman quarterback, is in town. He's been working out. He's an early enrollee. Joe, I, I, I will say – Let's see if we don't agree here. I guess, where do you go with Tennessee? Why are you so skeptical of the Volunteers? Well, I feel like after what happened last year, where in a way they were the darling of college football. They were the team that everybody was rooting for because they were the unexpected story. You've got Hendon Hooker who transfers from another program from Virginia Tech. He ends up being, uh, actually beats out Joe Milton after midway through the season, takes over that quarterback job. He's in the Heisman contention. Things end up falling apart at the end of the year, but everybody was rooting for the story that was Tennessee football. And I think we can both agree when Tennessee's good, it is good for the state of college football. Now, with that resounding feeling that we have with Tennessee, I feel like without doing the digging, it's very easy and just in general for college football fans to think, hey, Tennessee's going to do some damage again next year. Josh Heupel has the direction of this program turning in the uh, the right way for them to succeed and be a very competitive team every single year. 
I actually think that last year was their best window in the next few three, four seasons for them to actually compete for a national championship. It was last mm -hmm. year. They're losing a lot of really key important players, and they're actually one of the lowest teams, one of the worst teams in terms of returning production. They were 13th in the least amount of returning production based on that ranking that I usually reference on this show. And some of the names and some of the guys that they're losing outside of Hendon Hooker, who is in this year's NFL draft, they're also losing projected first-round pick offensive tackle Darnell Wright, who I'm a very big fan of. They're also losing both of their star receivers in Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman. They're losing a star defensive end in Byron Young. And then there's a few other defensive players that they're losing as well. Blake, the way that I see it, and I know that they've got an easier schedule than most SEC teams, I do think that this is likely a three to four loss team next year. I have not seen enough from Joe Milton to sit here and say he is going to pick up right where Hendon Hooker left off. He needs to do a lot more for me to be confident in him. Otherwise, again, I believe that this is going to be a three or four loss team next season in 2023. Well, so let's start off by this. What are their true expectations, right? So I, I think like the fan expectations are a lot higher than the, the true expectations. I don't know that. I, I don't know that. Here's what I think is going to – do they want to win 10 games again, 11 games again? Yeah. Yes. Would they settle for a nine-win regular season? Also, yes, because since 1988, early 2000s, they have not, meaning Tennessee has not sustained success for long periods of time. A lot of things go into what you just said. Okay, number one, we know last season they were the number one offense in the country. There's no doubt about it. And they were leap and bounds, statistically better, the best offense in the country. 6,800 yards. We know the story. Like you mentioned, Hendon Hooker, yada, yada, yada. Joe, they do return four starting offensive linemen. And a fifth that got a lot of rotational uh, snaps. And watching him against Clemson, I thought – would be fine. You got Minty, Campbell, Mays, uh, Spargin, and Green all returning along that offensive line. Joe, here's the biggest thing for me, and what's going to help either Nico or Joe Milton. Now, I'll get to them. I'll get to the quarterbacks in just a minute. Jalen Wright returns, Dylan Sampson returns, and Jabari Small returns. Three. It is by far. I I will go ahead and say this. I think of returning backs in the league, meaning a core of backs. Name a better one. You can't. And now you have. No, 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 you're talking about an SEC or. or yeah, go ahead. yeah, go ahead. I was going to say NBA. Michigan if we're talking overall. Uh, not landscape. from a three back, not from a three back perspective. Not from a Don, three back. Donovan perspective. Edwards and Blake Corum alone, I think, make that that we, that that's semantics, but they're no, at least in the I, no, conversation. Can, no, from a three back, Joe, you're talking about three starting SEC backs. Either any one of those three could go to LSU. I think they could go to Alabama. They could go to Florida. They could probably go to Arkansas. Maybe not Arkansas with Sanders. They could go to Texas A&M. They could go wherever. Any, pick one. Pick one. They would start, okay? Okay. I, and like I said, it's the SEC. I'm not talking about – I still think Penn State's going to wind up having the best backs of the core in the country. I, I digress on the Big Ten for just a minute. I'm talking the SEC. Squirrel, Squirrel Wright is another guy that, that's coming into this fold. He's a receiver. 
that showed a lot of production when Brew McCoy, I mean, not when Brew McCoy, which uh, Cedric Tillman was out. Yeah. Now, we got to remember, now, Jalen Hyatt was a stud. He was the one that literally roasted Alabama like a kebab throughout that game. Cedric Tillman wasn't there, okay? So a lot of these younger pieces had to come in and start winning. Joe, here's the biggest thing for me. Defensively, they actually weren't as bad as some people believe that they were. And their defensive coordinator, Tim Banks, I really like. Schematically, I really like what they do defensively. Check this out. They were tied for 45th in sacks. The year before, they were in the hundreds. 32nd on third down. You know how I'm big on third down. They were tied for 13 in red zone defense. That's massive, okay? Mm -hmm. 36 in scoring defense. 36. Oh, and by the way, Aaron Beasley, who absolutely just manhandled Clemson and Alabama and all these dudes and all these teams, he's back. Here's the biggest thing. Oh, and by the way, they had, besides Georgia, the best rushing defense in the country. Okay? I don't – like, statistically, you could I could back that up, but film doesn't lie either. Here's the biggest thing for me. How disciplined are them? They were the worst team in the SEC in penalties, 129. Oof. And then by far, maybe the worst secondary in the league. Oh, without a doubt. And I brought that up on a weekly basis when we talked about Every week, their Joe, secondaries. we kept bringing it up every single week. By the way, they were 127th on pass, on pass in pass defense, okay? Yeah. The only reason that it wasn't so bad was because of your red zone defense and how many times you were able to get to and affect the quarterback, a.k.a. Bryce Young, a.k.a. Jane Daniels, et cetera. Those two games, they really went after it. I'm not. I am not completely out on Joe Milton like a lot of people are. Okay, here's why. Vanderbilt. Yeah. Okay. He went 11 for 12. I don't like that at all. And you know how we talk on this show all the time about accuracy. But Joe, when they had to, when they had to refocus after Hendon Hooker and getting blown out by South Carolina, they ran the ball five carries, 160 yards. 12 carries, 131 yards, 11 carries, 71 yards against Vandy, who beat Florida the week before. Okay. So, yeah, they're a six and six team, but they're not a bad six and six team that Vandy always historically is. This conversation goes to, for me, what can Joe Milton do? They did not go into the portal. Heupel did not go into the portal to get a quarterback. He waited for Nico. He's got Joe Milton. Buddy Joe Milton's had a better. Every single year than he has been since Michigan at Tennessee, he's gotten better. Every year. It's, it's without question. Really ready to see how they do this. Now, he's got to process better. He's got to process quicker because if he doesn't process things quicker, then he's in trouble. I just don't think they're going to be as bad as other people believe that they will be. Joe, I think they're a nine-win team. Because until I can be proven that you can stop them in the running game, and until you can show me that you can run the football on them, they're going to be in majority of their games, regardless of what their schedule is at the end of all this. Do they lose to Alabama now that they got to go back to Tuscaloosa? Probably. Is Georgia going to absolutely spank them with a paddle like you got in middle school? Probably. But when you look at this schedule, I do think that they could get to nine wins. Now, is that the regular season ceiling? Probably. But look, you got to give Hypo credit, man. He's doing some good things in Knoxville. A couple things to unpack there uh, that you brought up. So I, I completely agree with you. 
I think we have different viewpoints, but we agree in the sense that their success is going to come down to what Joe Milton does. This offense is very contingent on how good the quarterback play is. No doubt. And what we got from Hendon Hooker last year is that he is one of the best deep ball throwers in terms of accuracy in college football. I, I think that that was why I even at the start of the season said that Hendon Hooker was a better prospect for me than Will Levis at the start of the year because I loved his touch, his timing, throwing the deep ball. Just a, a fantastic, um, easy thrower and connecting with guys like Jalen Hyatt the way that he did throughout the season. And Cedric Tillman, he is, was so good at that. Mm-hmm. I am wary, just very wary about guys like Joe Milton who have these huge arms, these big, big arms. And he's probably got one of the biggest arms in college football coming back next season. Those guys, and I played with a guy in college who I got to see it up close where these guys have these cannons, these baseball pitcher arms, and they don't know how to take any touch off the football. And a lot of times that leads to bad accuracy. It leads to a lot of drops. I wasn't that impressed when he was the starter at the beginning of his Tennessee career. Hendon takes over. He's had a limited sample size for us to get a sense of what he's capable of doing. I just don't know if things suddenly just flip you know he's an older player this isn't like i know we love to bring up anthony richardson this isn't anthony richardson where he's young and he's inexperienced joe milton's been around the block so what is suddenly going to change this offseason that he's going to figure that all out because Because he's consistently gotten better since his time at tennessee but where i push back on that blake is like in what ways can we sit here and say, yes, he's gotten better? Are what we are going think, off of him you, hitting the goalpost? Is think, that what? What do you think I'm about to say? His accuracy numbers? Bingo. B I N G O and bingo was his name. Oh, how many passing got- attempts has he had, though, in that span to know that you named one game where he played like crap? Well, he also had seven drops. So, I, I mean, but, but that was the whole point that I was making earlier that. He's got this cannon. We blame so the drops, listen, but sometimes so listen, it's our hard you, to catch. If you get hit in the hands, let, let, let me tell you something. Yeah. You will, you will discredit an offensive lineman for giving up a sack, right? Yeah. One. And I'm talking about just one. I don't know. I'm not one of those people. Of, it's just the context. Well, if a unit of offensive linemen, let me give you context, okay. gives up four or five sacks. Oh, they're crappy. That is the that That's is all the, the info I have, yeah historically yes. that's how people view it right yeah okay what if you gave up seven sacks it's even worse okay what about seven drops and when you before you say well sack you're losing yardage when you get sacked well you're losing yardage when you drop the football but that was what i was talking about here with milton who's got this massive arm where catch the ball catch the ball if you're gonna if you're if gonna he's get ripping it, it at guys on, and it's on, not a catchable on, ball you know hold on but bs if you're going to blame offensive linemen and other dudes for miscommunicating or lack of execution, I am so tired because I'm watching film today on Tennessee. I am so sick and tired of you and other Rudy Poos around the country giving these prima donna wide receivers a little bit of a break. I, I'm sick of it. I get where you're. I, co- I get where you're it. coming from, Blake. I get where you're coming from, but my whole point is that I just took some Nyquil. I'm so sick of it. I again, I understand where you're coming from, but I think an issue that needs to be acknowledged with a guy specifically like Joe Milton with this strong arm. But 
it's important to understand pace on a ball on when you're throwing the ball Catch you, the ball you need to make the ball catchable it needs to be catchable bro, you can't bro, rip it 100 miles respect, an hour on a, on a on a, a respect, drag route jalen hyatt had one bounce off his damn helmet okay come on I would. I really, actually, would love to. What game did you watch? It was the Vanderbilt one you're referencing again. No, there was a couple. I think I, I want to say it was early in the season when they're beating the dog manure out of somebody. Maybe Bowling Green. He came in, and it hit it, the ball hit off a of Hyatt's head. I want to see these drops. And, well, first off, well, first off, go watch Vanderbilt if you want to. Okay, like I'm not going to be happy, or am I? No, what I think that you will come away with this is. Okay, he does have some touch. And then go to put in Clemson. Look, the three touchdown passes he throws against Clemson are beautiful. They're perfectly thrown. Okay. How does he react to that? Now, I, I do here's the flip side, flip side of that coin. If Nico is able to gain some weight, I don't know how long how long that leash is. But I just I, I when it comes to offense. Uh -huh. I think I'm going to trust Josh Heupel more than any critic that's out there because he's with him every single day. Yeah. And if there's one thing about Josh Heupel that I feel like I can be really comfortable about, name a bad quarterback that he's had. Joe Milton. Are you a thousand percent sure that he's bad? I, well, that's I'm not sure. Uh, Mackenzie Milton. Wait, was, is Mackenzie Mackenzie Milton Milton's not a bad. He fine. was not a bad quarterback. He's the fine. lefty. What was his name? He's at Oklahoma now. Uh, uh, Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel. Look, he he's he's had a. If we want to be truthful, he's had a track record of some really not elite, but really good college quarterbacks. Joe, why didn't he go to the portal? He could have easily. I, I think he trusts the, the situation because I think that. As you as you've kind of said today, I think he sees it as if Joe can't get it done, if Nico's a little like maybe is a little under the weight that I'm looking for, I at least can turn to him because the one thought that you get from all these recruiting sites in their descriptions of Nico Ayamalave and I just from watching his tape, the guy is very natural. He is very natural. I don't. I don't. I think his form motion's got to get better. Okay, his, foot, his footwork's really bad. His footwork's definitely bad. Yeah, his footwork's – and let me tell you something. Bad footwork in the SEC gets you hurt. It not, not only does it get you hurt, it gets you broken in half, okay? Depends There's how quick a of a learner he is then. I think that that's the, that's the key thing. If he actually challenges Joe Milton is, is how quickly can he pick things up and improve those deficiencies? Because, again, to your point – Heupel's a great developer of quarterbacks. Can it be done in a in a spring and a no? I no, it can't be done in a spring and a fall. Not what he's about to see. Now, here's another thing. You know what helps a quarterback more than anything? What offensive the running line? game? Oh. Well, the running Both. game. Okay, I know uh, the prospect that you mentioned earlier, right? Darnell, right? Yep. Okay. Now he's out. He was a tackle. I mean, we know how good that he was. I think that I think uh, uh, Cam Mays, the center. I, I tweeted this during the season. Me and you talked about this during the season. Yeah, he was the best center in the SEC. It wasn't close. He there were multiple times in the Alabama game he made Will Anderson look like a Rudy Pooh. Okay. I push back. Just name one. It, it, please, please it, tell me because it's a position I play. Please. Go ahead. I I just slightly slight, and it's not like a full disagreement. I just I got to give credit to Ricky Stromberg. I thought that Ricky Stromberg was fantastic last year, and he doesn't get enough credit. Everybody craps on him. I don't get it. He was so good last year. 
The, I, the I, problem I, that I have with that is that yeah. there's multiple multiple times in film that I can watch him getting obliterated. I didn't watch those same games. Yeah, go pop in LSU. Harold Perkins said, what? Who's not going to? Yeah, first off, be- I got I to be honest. I just <laughs> literally hurt my neck. Okay. <laughs> let, me, let me say yeah. this to get to my point. Yes. Okay. They were they do return four offensive linemen, six guys that started last year in the SEC or in the bowl game versus Clemson. Okay. Having Mency, Campbell, Mays, Sparzin, and Greenback is a big deal. And again, you know what you can do, Joe, when you're struggling through the air? If you can run the football at that high of a rate, at that high of a speed, you know what happens for Joe Milton? Those safeties are going to come have to come down in the box. And what does he do? Highly effectively. Let me give you a little. Let me. I'm going to throw a nugget out. You're you ready to get really mad? You ready to get really, really, really uh, mad? What, 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 if what, he what, can what, be what, more what, consistent through the air and make better decisions. Those passes that Tennessee and Hooker missed against Georgia and Kiki Keely Ringo, if he can complete some of the a third oh, no. of a third of those passes, I think Georgia can is already been exposed. Let me give. Hold on, hold on. Just stay with me. Stay with me. Look at the teams that exposed Georgia. You ready? Okay. LSU five hundred plus. CJ Stroud three fifty. Tennessee could have exposed them. Here's the big key. Five passes over 20 yards or more. Hendon Hooker, last season, one of seven. I think that there's a little bit of a dynamic that Joe Milton gives you with his arm where you're taking away the feet that you got with Hendon Hooker. I like their running game, though, Joe. I really like the way that they run the football. And everybody gets on to me in this new era, new era and new age of college football. Blake, you got to throw the ball down the field. But Joe, I got I got potentially three one thousand yard backs, three. Okay, and you have an offensive line that's returning. Oh, and by the way, hot take. You ready? Okay, what do you got? Put Tim Banks on the Brawls watch list. Their defensive coordinator, Joe. If they remotely, and I'm talking about anything remotely can help their secondary out at all. Their defense from the front seven. Now what, I know what defensive backs did they add though for me to feel I, I, more I, I, confident I don't know that defense. I don't know that. But here's the thing that I do know. When you got that much experience, Joe, they're not going to be they're not going to be 127 the passing next year. I, I I'm going to tell you that right now. Because when you have a whole entire offseason to work it out, I just think that they'll get better because they were so young and they got so much experience, and they can run the football. I can make the argument. I can make the argument. They remind me a little bit more of a team like an LSU a season ago. They can't win the East. They can't win the East with Georgia. I like. I, I'm not. No. I'm not saying that. I just think that a nine-win Tennessee team. Man, that's a really good accomplishment in a, in, in year but, three for, so for Josh Heupel. Th- this is where I look at that. I just. I feel as though. You and I are a little bit more realistic for their outlook. I think others on the outside looking in at this feel that they should be competing for the East. And they're thinking that Georgia is depleted now that they lost all these guys. They're not maybe acknowledging the fact that they're reloading and they've got all this young talent that has just been sitting and waiting to play like all the guys that we've brought up continuously throughout this offseason. And I also, I mean, look, this is going to be the worst thing that I've ever said on the show. 
SEC fans in general, this is the case, but also Tennessee fans, I feel, oh, knew it. are super realistic with their expectations as most college football fans of teams that are historically very good. <laughs> A lot of times, most fan bases expect them to win the conference and no, i think and a I lot think of tennessee, tennessee fans I, I do think tennessee fans are realistic to that I, I i do think that they're realistic to that i feel like you get a taste of the winning and you you watched all the bad years that you had before that and the the sudden expectation should be 10 wins but to my point there are three most difficult games that they have next year alabama georgia and texas a&m and south carolina and texas a&m and south carolina are a toss-up those are so likely A&M winnable games. Their, A&M is their other crossover? Yes, it is. Here's where I think... So outside of Georgia and Alabama, who who who, who would beat them? So Kentucky, if you're maybe can't okay. win 10 games, if they can't win 10 games, then who's going to beat them? There's a lot of noise for uh, Devin Leary at Kentucky. So I think that there's a possibility here for Kentucky. Who didn't lose that much. Side of a barn. Those the Kentucky receivers are saying they they're, they're kind of liking what one Kentucky re- receiver name one. I saw, I was reading an article, but they were, they were talking about how very easily catchable his balls are. That's balls. what I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> All I'm saying <laughs> is that Kentucky's one of the teams on their schedule. that could beat them here. Here's my take though. <sighs> They've got a really soft schedule. So we just talked about how there's not a lot of difficult games for them to play. Do you know who their out-of-conference games are, Blake? No, I don't. Listen to to these four games. Okay. A lot of challenging games here. Uh Virginia, Austin P, UTSA, and UConn. Those are the four out-of-conference games. Hey, by the way, shout-out to my guy out there in UConn. You know who you are. The head coach followed me out there in UConn. Oh, Jim Moore did? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I, huh. my take here though, I want to double check the schedule because now that I read that, that doesn't you sound be wrong. wrong. You might not be wrong. I don't think I'm wrong. You better hope you're not wrong. So UConn, no, UConn. Okay. All right. Let's do a, something really quick before we move to Jimbo and Dion. Yes. All right. Name them off in order. Ready? Go. Oh, the schedule. Yeah, the schedule. Rate them just, off. I just closed it. Wait one second. Okay, the 2023 football schedule is such. They've got Virginia week one. When? Austin P week two. When? Florida week three. When? UTSA week four. When? South Carolina at home week five. At I home? I think that's a win. That's at, at home. home. That's All at right. home. When? Texas A&M at home. Win. At Alabama, that's a loss. All right, I'll give you that. Kentucky at Kentucky. Win. I say toss-up. I say win. UConn at home. Win. Win. Missouri in Missouri. That's a win. Win. And then do, they they have got any do they have any back-to-back uh, road games in conference? No. Okay. This, this schedule looks stupid. It looks so easy. I did think you know? Did you know? Did you know? Over the last, you want to hear an interesting stat? My buddy yeah. Carter Bryant uh, pulled this up for me. Did you know that the only two teams in college football to have back-to-back road games in their conference and win both back-to-back games? It was LSU, 2019 LSU. This year with Georgia, 
something interesting. All right, so where, where were we at? We were with uh, Kentucky, or where were we? Uh, Missouri, when uh, Georgia win. at home lost, lost, and then Vanderbilt at home is going to win. Joe, so they, might be, they might be a 10-2 team. At worst, a 9-3 team, bud. The take that I was trying to get to, and the, and the thought that I was trying to get to, though, is that I think that their schedule and who they're going to play is not going to be an indicator of the quality of the team that they are. I think that they can win 10 oh, games. So they're Clemson. I think that they are going to be a very overrated team next year. I think that they're going to win 10 games. I think that we're going to hype them up tremendously. Their losses are going to be against two of the best teams in the country. And then once they're going to be faced off with they, – this might be a playoff team next year, Blake. Like there, there's a possibility if that with those ten and two in the SEC, they're in the playoff. They're in the playoff, and right. I really do think that they are going to be one of the more overrated teams. The way that the schedule is shaped out, the way that I feel un, not very confident in Joe Milton, I don't think that they can step up in a big spot where they need to ascend. I don't have faith that they will. I think well, they, here's, they have here's, the, here's very the biggest overrated. argument and pushback that I'll give to you on that. Okay, take the other SEC teams out. Okay. Yeah. If they made the playoff, let's just act like the playoff is already expanded. Name a team right now that they couldn't beat in any other conference. I, I think that Michigan and Ohio State beats them. Here's the thing. I think USC I beats I, I them. Don't think, I don't think Michigan beats them. I, Michigan, I, Michigan can't beat them. I, I don't know Michigan, about that. Michigan is not better than Tennessee. Ohio, Ohio State definitely beats Tennessee. Well, USC definitely beats Tennessee. You say that without without no care in the world. What's their quarterback situation like at Ohio State? So you're talking about Joe Milton and saying you don't know who he is. You don't even know the starting quarterback at Ohio State yet. I have more faith in the unannounced starting quarterback at Ohio State with the receivers that he has Day's, to work with in the Day's offense. Record, what's Ryan Day's record versus the SEC and top five opponents? It's probably winless, but the way that he played, I, the way that they played against, the way that they he played against Georgia Oregon. has gives me enough faith. He's lost to Oregon. He's lost to Michigan twice. He's lost to Georgia. He's lost to Alabama, buddy. I, at some point, you're gonna have to prove. You're gonna have to prove to me. Uh, you don't even know their quarterback situation. I feel more confident about what's going on at Tennessee with their quarterback situation. When, I, but but I here's where I push back. I know what Joe Milton is. I've watched Joe Milton. I've seen him play. Don't I don't know who's taking over problem. Ohio State. The problem with they that. recruit well, quarterback. But Joe, just because they recruit well doesn't mean these kids can come out and do something. But I already have a proven product if, with if Joe Milton. TCU could go out there a season ago with a high flying offense and beat Michigan down. Do you mean to tell me that Tennessee can't do it? Because with all due respect. To Clemson, with all due respect to everybody who craps on them, they were still a top 10 team. You know that they had top 10 talent. And all Joe Milton did, hold on, was go a whopping <clears throat> 19 for 28 for 251 yards and three touchdowns to three different receivers. If Hendon Hooker couldn't get it done, Joe Milton can't get it done. Hot take. I think Hendon Hooker was, was a little overrated. That's that is I completely disagree with that. Hendon Hooker is a fantastic quarterback. Name the teams that he faced. Name the team, the top teams that he faced, and go look at his completion percentage and how bad he did. Why? Why are we like because knocking him? Because he had a you're tough. Talking about him being overrated. Here's the problem with that. Georgia shut him down. Here's the problem. Here's the most. Here's the the funniest thing. LSU, go watch. Go back and watch that game. Second half, abysmal. 
Joe, he missed nine, nine straight passes against LSU. Oh, and by the way, Alabama in the second half, he was miraculous. Fourth quarter, what happened? His booty hole got so tight you could fit a grease BB in it. Pause. But a lot of my reasoning here and a lot of what I've talked about, this offense is contingent on quarterback play. It, it it's very it requires good, accurate, consistent quarterback play. So as you're saying, the offense stalls when Hendon struggles, who is a vastly more accurate quarterback than Joe Milton. I don't disagree with that. Couple of these things, yeah. Adam B says, are you saying quarterbacks can't improve significantly significantly over the offseason? That, that's, that's an exception. That's an exception. Because DJ Uyunglele also says hello. Like I the guys, no, that's, guys not, with, that's not that's not fair. There's plenty that's of guys with talent not, that don't improve. Well, if he goes out to Oregon State and does and goes cuckoo for cocoa, plus him what? He's not. He's not, he's not going to so, you gotta stop speaking in so many like you know, you I, I know, I know. I'm not trying to speak in, 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 I'm, I'm absolutes. trying not to, I'm not, I don't intend to speak in absolutes, but I, I'm not saying that Joe Milton can't improve, but based on evidence that I have based on the film, I'm very wary about it. Not to, 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 to continue the point. Too All far. right. We'll get to Chris H's comment. Then we'll, we'll move forward. Uh, Chris H says, do you think that they'll affect Tennessee that teams now, have a full season of tape to watch and have a better idea of how to handle their offense. Here's the problem that I have with that. This is that you already have you already have two years worth of film. You already have two yeah. years worth of film. And then not only that I don't know what changes. Well, not only that, tennis. I mean, did Alabama not have enough game film? That's eight games. Seven games. Yeah, I don't I don't think that that works the way that that question was intended to be worded or, or phrased, but no, I, I think that there's enough time to know. Like, I, I think a converse point is going up against like Garrett Riley, someone like him who, you know, lightning in a bottle, huge year. No one knows how to slow down that offense except for Georgia. And then now you've got the Georgia tape on film of knowing how to stop it. That's a bigger question mark for me is that Garrett Riley's a great coach, but Maybe some teams figure out how to slow him down now that it's only been one season and there's been an off. I can I can make a comparison of a guy that's gotten a lot better and you and, and, and improved. I mean, look at Jordan Travis, who's an older quarterback that improved. Yeah, but I, I feel like Jordan Travis, I like I at least got what about, Bo, what about Bo Nix? Bo Nix is another exception. You, you can't know, have, like I can you, I can you, pull a bad you, quarterback. You can't, four, you can't have four exceptions in two years, Joe. I no, but I didn't. I don't think Jordan Travis is an exception because I at least got like you can kind of get a no, taste a of what completion percentage guy, and he didn't have he had more interceptions than he did touchdowns. See, I, I find so much irony in that you bring up that Jordan. I didn't know that Jordan Travis was that inaccurate, but Anthony Richardson can't get better. So why do you hate Anthony Richardson? We're not doing this. We're not doing this. We need to get the no, because Fisher. he did it. He we're actually gonna, came, we're gonna, he actually came back and did it on the field. Anthony right. Richardson probably should have done that, but we're gonna we're gonna end up going down a rabbit hole. We don't need. All to right, let's that. move forward. All right, do you want to talk about Jimbo really quickly or Dion? Well, let's get to Jimbo first, and then we'll wrap with Dion. All right. So in case you missed it, look, I, I, I'm gonna. If you're an AM fan, don't fight over semantics, Blake. Don't fight over these semantics. Basically, today, if you missed it, Jimbo Fisher was asked who's gonna call plays, and he wouldn't say his new OC. I mean, come on. You know what's going on here, right? Like, he, I, I just cannot foresee Jimbo Fisher bringing in a completely new dude. I just think Jimbo's playing with the media a little bit. I'm being honest. Like, I, but uh, this pisses I me can't. off, though. 
Like I like I don't really care much. Yeah, for... but 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 here's the thing though, and I will defend Jimbo on this. They they made Jimbo's life a living hell last year. And if you don't know they anything stunk. about AM, they stunk last year. That was true, true, true. He didn't it, it's not like it's true. not like they at were the, 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 time, the at the same time, yeah. at the same time, there were a lot of boosters out here paying for recruits and he couldn't control, okay. Look, Joe, you can't tell a multi-billionaire who is a big, uh, a massive donor that he can't do something. You can't, you cannot do that, okay? Yes. Nine times out of ten, you cannot do that. No. It fractured, it fractured his locker room. So, what do you think about this? I mean, I think it's a little bit of an overreaction from people, honestly. I, I disagree, Blake. I, I think that for how... Do. For how bad they were last year, and I understand that you're saying that the media gave him such a hard time and that, you know, who cares if he's playing games with them? They stunk. They were so bad on the field. And a lot of it was because of this archaic, terrible offense that he was calling. It's a simple question. Just answer it. He's on the hot seat. He's on the hot seat. And he's not doing himself any favors if he's upset with how the media handled him and treated him last year. He's just making the situation worse. I, dude, I don't think that Jimbo deserves any any favors, man. I don't. I don't think he I deserves. Never said, I never said give him favors. When, I, I never said. I never said. I, I think that. he needs to be a little accountable. Here's, here's another thing. Here's another thing. If if I mean, here's the problem that I have. Bill Belichick's been getting it. Stay with me here. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it relative. Okay. Bill Belichick okay. over the last couple of seasons has been getting his teeth kicked in, right? Yeah. Still been very bad to the media, right? Sometimes coaches don't want you to know what they're doing. But to your point earlier, we know that he brought in Bobby Petrino to do this. It's and all obvious. They're gonna, and they're going to do it. So why can't he just say that? We why all know the answer. Why does, he have, why does he have to? Because he brought in a new offensive coordinator another, and there are concerns well, about the question. play calling. What offense? If I'm going to scheme for A&M, all, here's, a, here's a thought. SEC coach talked. To, I talked to him today because I sent him the clip. I'm like, here you go. Because he was asking, we were talking about it. And I said, look, th this is just my ultimate take. Okay. If you have an entire offseason to gain, so just for relative sake, game planning for the season and film breakdown for all these coaches that's going on now. Okay. Yeah. Like it doesn't go on during the season, it goes on now. Which offense are you going to prepare for? Now, now you got Jimbo, who is crazy enough to say, I'm still calling the plays. What offense are you going to prepare for? Jim, let me tell you, just tell you something. Jimbo's not going to, he's not going to be the one calling plays next year. It's going to be Petrino. I, I, I'm I just telling you, that. come on, like, come on now. Come on now. Y'all, y'all overreacting because y'all hate Jimbo too much. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I mean, they, okay. they again, they were terrible last year. I think you should just be held a little bit, of, a little bit accountable. It's an something that's interesting though that I, I'm monitoring, and somebody tried to correct me inside the chat the other day. Yep. A and M only was number one in the SEC in pass, pass defensive pass yards allowed, one thousand eight hundred and seventy four. If they remotely have a pulse offensively, remotely. Joe, I think they got three defensive linemen that are NFL prospects right did, now. Did you also see, though, the offense thing is the big concern. Apparently, also, that he's kind of talked about there's a little bit of a – there might be a quarterback competition. Like, that also, to me, is – like, we know that Weigman's the guy. Well, well, between – well, do we? He should be. 
the kid was fantastic. That was the only uh, bright spot for them no, offensively. He no, he wasn't. He was not fantastic. He was a true freshman, though. Okay. Again, I, I, I need your list of requirements on quarterbacks because no, he wasn't. He was not. He had a good game against Ole Miss. He sh again, a true freshman. A true freshman, though. I thought he showed a lot of really nice stuff for how bad that team was and and what they were dealing with Max last Johnson year. Went on the road and or uh, went out and beat out and beat Auburn. I mean, not Auburn, Miami. Went out and beat Arkansas. That I Arkansas is a little bit different, but be, beating Miami is not much of an, an my point. My point. Well, better than with all due respect, better than what they've been doing. You know, I who thought you were a fan of Connor Weigman. I'm surprised I that am, you're. I am, but he's not. He. Well, first off, I am a massive fan of, of Connor Wagman, okay? But to say he was good last season is not true. Yeah, but it's not hey, like this way. is a third-year guy. Who am I? That's uh, uh, Haynes King. Bingo. What, where, where the hell did he even transfer to? Georgia Tech. Georgia you know, Tech. We talked about this yeah, last yeah, week. Yeah. We talked this. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they are still in our DMs. Get Look, it together, Jim. It's not, it's not a big deal. I think that they're going to be okay. Now, do they fire Jimbo next year? Probably. Who knows? Who knows? You want him fired so bad. You hate him so much. I, okay, it's not a hate for him. It's just it, I'm I'm oh, not a they're, fan. They're killing you in the chat. Don't I know even, I'm getting look. killed. In the, I know I'm getting look. killed don't in the look. chat. It's it's my good friend Adam Adam B. <laughs> and he got the wrong team. He said Samford. It's Stanford. <laughs> <laughs> That's even worse. Look, I just y'all probably not off Samford though. Stop it. I I'm not a fan of when these coaches get stuck in their ways and they like he did offensively with the play calling and he's calling this old school offense and then they're being stubborn like those guys need to be held accountable you know like i think that there's so many talented other coaches that are out there that could have taken over this team and led them to more successful games it's just jimbo gets got handed a, a massive paycheck for a covid year that's what it was we'll see I'm not a massive fan of Jimbo, but I just think that I think you got to be cautious of them because at the same time, they got a lot of talent. They do. They, they do. have a lot of talent. And I think you just, you can't be LSU a season to go and waltz in there and think you're going to win because they'll come out there and punch you in the mouth. All right. We got about four minutes here. We want to get to Dion. Do you want to? Yeah, this, wanna... is a quick, this is a quick, quick little okay. hitter here. So in case you missed it, Deion Sanders came out and basically said that all of his players during spring are going to be wearing blank jerseys until they earn their way, they earn their jersey, they earn their spot on this team. Joe, like always, people started freaking out. Now, I'll tell you, we were so bad. Well, we were actually weren't bad. So let me give you a very quick story. We were playing baseball. We were 17-0, and 0, okay? Louisiana's a massive baseball state, so which makes it even bigger because – Look, when you start doing that in high school, whatever, it becomes really big. 17 and 0. Stunk it up. Beat a team by, but we still beat a team by 12 runs. Horrible team. Next day, shout out to Coach Brett Beard, defensive lineman at Southeastern and the University of Vanderbilt, was our, was our coach and our conditioning coach. We had to take our jerseys off and turn them inside out and run foul poles until we puked. Jesus. This has gone on in sports for a long time. Yeah. By the way, we did frontwards and backwards lunges on a football field until he thought it was until he thought we'd had enough. Yeah, I mean these these gimmicks in a way. You know, it sounds corny. It sounds a little bit corny, but I, I don't think it necessarily does much 
to to reset reset that culture. I just think it's a good tone to to instate instill on your team rather that you know you're starting from scratch. You've got yeah. to earn your right to be a part of this program. Obviously, everybody gets their their jersey number. Everybody's going to get it. There's not going to be and somebody at the end of camp that doesn't. Out. You know that he's going to be swagged out. Come on. Well, so the other thing that <laughs> has been reported on in this article I read, uh, he's been strutting the sidelines with a cowboy hat and some cowboy boots on. Uh, there was the whole sock thing, and then there's this other gimmick that they've been doing where if a quarterback throws a bad ball, and he was talking about how he's holding his son accountable for this who's going to be the starting quarterback – if they throw a bad ball with no DB on him, on a receiver, the quarterback has to go fetch the football. That one I think good, is actually, good. That one's a little goofier than you know, the jersey you know thing, you, but I like it. You know how you teach your team that you're going to be accountable no matter who it is? Make your son start running. Your blood son. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The, I think that some of the best coaches do Dion, that. Has Dion done some goofy shit? Yes. Is this going to work? Also, yes. You know what's interesting to me? Let me name what? off these players. Des Moines Kennedy, Bama. Kendrick's Bread, uh, Breed Love, Ole Miss. Uh, Jordan Dominic, Arkansas. Miles Slusher, Arkansas. Cavassier Smoke. I like him. Running back, who is at Kentucky. Uh, Yusuf, I can't say his last name, offensive lineman for Florida. Yep. Six SEC t uh, players are at Colorado right now. Makes them instantly better than they were last year. Probably makes them instantly better in a lot of positions than a lot of the Pac-12 teams were a season ago. Seven kids from Jackson State. Joe, they're winning seven games. We've said on the show, we're high on Dion. I, I like this approach. I think that a lot of what he's doing, the way that he's handling things, is going to lead to success next year. It's I agree. Massive steps forward. I agree. And look, we'll, we'll continue to um, – uh-oh. Hold on, we got some breaking news to end the show. You ready? Wait, what happened? Nick Saban has just responded to you on Twitter. Wait, what? Nick Saban has responded to your report on Twitter of Tony Mitchell. I'm quoting here from On3. Nick Saban has come out with a statement and announced that Tony Mitchell will be suspended following his recent arrest. And this is what is so comical from Nick Saban. Everybody has the opportunity to make choices and decisions. There's no such thing in being in the wrong place in the wrong time. <laughs> so congratulations, Joe. To end the show, you have made Nick Saban come out and publicly Make a comment on one of his players. I, does I don't know if I necessarily did that because uh, the tweet, our tweet is in the article. Oh, are you serious? Apparently so. I I, I haven't seen this. I'd have to go back and Who look at it, it to you. Uh, two people on Twitter sent it to the AYS account. Oh my God. Okay. Well, we got to go check that out, but yeah. Rafino and Joe breaking news. Breaking news. Look what you did. Saving so pissed off at you. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> well, you, know, you know what? You know what? You know what? Here's what Nick should be pissed off at. Having too many penalties, and you know what else you should be pissed off at? His player having a pound of weed. I, yeah, you. I mean that that's what needs to be that's what needs to be held accountable. All right. If you're joining us, you're listening to us, go over to AYS. We're we're live in five five minutes. Until then, Joe will be back Wednesday with a guest.
Speaking yes. of date, right? Yes. Jim DiCecco is going to be joining us. Have to confirm and finalize that, but he's going to be joining us on Wednesday. Okay. Go over to AYS. We start in five minutes. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.